Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Hello! I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. Busy as could be today, doing a million different things with Pittsburgh Radio and Steelers Nation Radio, trying to rewrite three articles, and now I'm finally sitting down with you guys to discuss some things we saw yesterday. Um, I am going to review three games, and first of all, I wanted to tell you about some injuries that happened around the league. Uh, We are brought to you by my bookie. They were very good to me this weekend. Uh, if you listen to the Friday show when we did predictions with and or with and without the spread, you'll realize they were probably good. Which games were good to me, and maybe you followed suit. Um, some injuries of note: uh, Peters, the left tackle for the Eagles. I have not seen more on this one, but he left the game. Lane Johnson went from right tackle to left tackle. They brought Big V in at, at right tackle. Um, they won the game, it went well, but that would be a big deal. I mean, Johnson's fine at the left side, and Big V got some valuable experience last year. Jason Peters is a great player, so keep an eye on that. Woodhead was injured with a hammy. It's kind of like the Amendola story. It's like, dude's always hurt. Um, I don't know how much you can count on him at his age and his style of play, but they didn't need him, uh, so they maybe they didn't rush him back. Who knows what his situation is going forward, but I have a hard time believing He's going to be healthy a lot this year. And I'm not wishing the worst on the guy, but man, I mean, history shows. Allen Robinson is out for the year with an ACL. The Jags won on a great defensive performance against a terrible Houston offense. Uh, Really limited the passing game in Bortles. A lot of Fournette. But I can't believe that you're going to win a lot of games without much of the tight end position. Lee and Hearns as your receiving core there. I mean, at some point, you, at some point, it's third and eight, you got to throw the ball. You know, I mean, uh, this is a bummer going into a contract year. Steelers lost Stefan Tuitt with a torn bicep. Um, news as of five o'clock on Monday is a little more promising that maybe it's only a week to week thing and not a season ender. Stay tuned. They have better defensive line depth than they have. But he signed his contract like the day before. They extended him. Really good player. Started the game on fire and then tears his bicep to some degree. We'll see. Kevin White out for the year. Guy just ever stays on the field. Um, And then after the Meredith injury and now you lose White. I think that's going to be a really derailing situation for Chicago. And, you know, Cohen was really impressive, and you know they'll dink and dunk you to death, but nothing at the receiver position for the Bears. This is a big deal. Not that I even knew, thought that White was going to be a you know star or anything this year. The one to really keep an eye out, and we're getting all kinds of mixed reports right now, is David Johnson with this wrist. Um, it's not broken, but they say he could maybe miss six to eight weeks, or maybe it's week to week. Real unclear, not a good start for the Cardinals. Man, and he didn't have a great start even before the injury. I'm not worried at all about Johnson, but without him, this could be a five-win team. You know, I told you that this is a lot of variance with the the cards. 
Um, without their stud, I really would worry about that team. Uh, somewhat ugly play. Ruben, Ruben Foster was carted off with a right leg injury. Uh, that didn't look good. We'll find out more tomorrow. But I thought he had a chance to be to push Miles Garrett to be Defensive Rookie of the Year. Could be in store for a monster season. Hopefully he's not out. You know, I mean, obviously he had health injury, health concerns coming into the league. And then the last one just to talk about now, and I'm sure there was more. Um, both of the Texans' tight ends, Fedorowicz and Griffin, were both knocked out of Sunday's opener with concussions. Um, then there's a real long shot that they are cleared because they're playing Thursday night against the Bengals. A miserable offense performance, like I mentioned. Terrible O-line play, and now no tight ends. Rookie quarterback, is it going to be Savage? Is it going to be Watson? They're in the contention now for possibly the worst offense in the league. Well, in the conversation. Uh, Houston and Cincinnati were two teams just miserable in the first half. You know, Watson came in the second half. Dalton was awful. Poor, poor offensive line play. You know, offensive lines are important, guys. And the uh, the Giants are in that conversation, too, as teams that decided to ignore the offensive line this year. Um, as is going to be the case basically every Monday, I'm going to preview the Steeler game. I, there's just no choice in the matter. I do so much work now with, with Steeler Nation Radio. Um, that I have to watch this one more intently than the other. I'm not going to, you know, I have a lot of notes here. I'm not going to go into a whole heck of a lot of them. I, I feel like I've been talking Steelers for the last three hours. I'm a little spent on this game. So let's give you the rundown. Uh, the Browns, Kaiser. I'm in the middle of writing an article about it. I urge you to check it out. It'll probably be up tomorrow. I thought this was a promising debut. Made some throws. Did not look overwhelmed. Uh, did a majority of it was good stuff. Uh, I liked his connection with Coleman. I think that's really promising. Took seven sacks, though, and I blame him more than I blame the offensive line. Um, held the ball a long time. You know, that needs to get corrected. Uh, it wasn't like he held the ball and ran around and, try, you know, scrambled. He was trying to make a play downfield, kept his eyes downfield, but just, you got, it has to come out quicker at this level. So for the Steelers, they got seven sacks, and that's great, considering James Harrison played four snaps. I think Stephen Tewitt played two. Uh, Bud Dupree, who's looked really good, didn't even play in this game. So three of their top pass rushers, front players, didn't play. Um, Kaiser helped them, but T.J. Watt was fantastic. He had two sacks and an interception. Uh, he absolutely looks like a keeper, and maybe he's in the defensive rookie of the year conversation. I mean, they're, they're keeping Harrison on ice because they really haven't needed him because of Watt. Uh, a big play, obviously, was right at the beginning of the game. The Browns started very slow on offense, and then they got a, pl- a punt blocked for a touchdown. Looked at that point like the rampage was on, that the Steelers would win this game by a million. Uh, that wasn't the case. You know, it really wasn't. The, the, the Browns are a much better team than they were a year ago. Steelers took 13 penalties for way too many yards. And that, to me, was the big equalizer in this game. And they weren't penalties like, you know, boy, I'm getting beat, I'm going to drag this guy down for pass interference. Or I'm getting beat, I'm going to drag this guy down so my quarterback doesn't get killed. Some ticky-tack holds, you know, wide receiver holds. Um, But not, you know, certainly some aggressive penalties and some that are going to probably end up in fines. Uh, hits to the head, late hits. You know, you got to be, you got to be 
you know, more careful with those things. Some borderline dirty shots too. Uh, division game, probably a little bit too much uh, adrenaline rolling. But, uh, you know, they, they kept the Browns in it. But not that the Browns played poorly at all. Um, Browns played an interesting strategy on defense where you saw a safety, usually Jabril Peppers, really far off the ball. At like 25, 30 yards off the ball. It wasn't even on the TV screen, so it was hard to say. Uh, in the middle of the field. And then they had two tight or two corners... Playing off coverage, but not real, real far off. And then they kept eight in the box, basically. And did a good job against the run. You know, that I thought their line in the run game got the better of the Steelers blocking. In the pass game, I thought the Steelers blocking got the better of them. Um, so the Steelers didn't run the ball a lot at all uh, because of those reasons. And because they had some of the penalties, they were always, you know, stopping. They are always in second and 15 or, you know, long down a distance because of all these penalties. I certainly don't think Ben played all that well. Bryant looked very rusty. Lev kind of looked rusty, but also never really got going. And they involved uh, Connor a fair amount on purpose. Um, but A.B., Antonio Brown was the best player in this game um, by far. Was an utterly dominant force. And it became very clear at the, you know, as the game went on that the Browns had no answer for him whatsoever. Um, so that was more than enough. Uh, um, uh, Jesse James put up good numbers, but he was you know, not all that impressive. Um, what other notes do we have there? They, they did go after Joe Hayden, had some success there. Um, real strong debut by Watt, good debut by Kaiser. Antonio Brown was a total stud. Uh, that's about it, I would say. Kindred, well, he, you know, he had a nice play too. He had an interception. You know, that, it's an improved safety situation for Cleveland. Um, so that was promising, no doubt. Steelers move on. Um, didn't play their best, that's for sure. The Browns are better than they were a year ago. I mentioned that you were brought to you by my bookie. We have a great relationship going with them. And as I said, I did well on my bookie. <laughs> MyBookie.ag is where they're at. Um, the Friday show will always be dedicated to picking games straight up and against the spread. Um, I did quite well. So you guys are always asking me who the winners are. I mean, now now you know. So go to MyBookie.ag and make it happen. Uh, my bookie's been in this business for years, and the rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, which is awesome. That's free money. Right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing, and they have the fastest payouts, just two business days, which is unbelievable in this line of business. You know who's going to win, right? I tell you those things. So lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend my service to, to my listeners as if they've been good to me, and they absolutely have. And that's why I'm urging you to make your way to mybookie.ag. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. So here's what you do. You join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit up to 100%. I mean, that's doubling your money right off the bat. And if I help you with the winners, then you're in great shape. Use my promo code, L-O-N-F-L, and that activates your offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So two more games I want to feature. And this, to me, was the biggest heavyweight fight of the day. Seattle at Green Bay. Seattle begins this game with great field position. Lockett kickoff return. Carson's the starting running back. Um, 
But really, they had no running game this entire day. You know, Lacey's looks like the third stringer now. Um, Procise was in there from time to time and touched the ball, but is was a non-factor, as was Carson. From the get-go, Seattle's O, and especially their offensive line, was getting totally dominated. Nick Perry on the first series really showed up, and... I mean, Mike Daniels was the best player in this game. I mean, he was a stud. He was an unblockable bowling ball of butcher's knives that just exposed the Seattle O-line over and over. Wilson got hit a lot. Um, that was the, I mean, that was really the, the, the story here. I thought both defenses played really well. I didn't see this coming from Green Bay's. I thought Seattle's offensive line would be a little bit improved. Didn't show it in this game. Still have a little bit of hope that it is, but didn't show it in this game. Um, the Packers come out, and they're throwing every every play early on. A lot of Cobb in this game. I think that's something to be excited about if you're the Packers fans. I'm not a big believer anymore, but got a lot of targets, moving the chains, uh, short, quick hitters, kind of reminiscent of the Welker, Amendola, Edelman types. Uh, that's big. You know, an extension of the run game. And running against Seattle is difficult. Um, a huge play in this game, Naz Jones, a rookie, has one of those interceptions where, you know, he almost looks like a batted pass and he happens to call it in, rumbles into the end zone. It would have been ARs, Rogers, you know, second career pick six. But it was called back on a questionable call, I thought, but, you know, not terrible. And then Jeremy Lane's ejected on the play, too. So a lot happens on this play. Maybe this goes different if they get six right off the bat. Um... You know, second time the Packers have the ball, they actually ran the ball. Did okay. Um, Kyle Murphy was whipped by Averill for a sack to end the drive. Belaga didn't play in this game. So, you know, that was that was another factor to keep an eye on. But eventually, Green Bay started moving the ball. Um, Seattle didn't, though. Seattle's offensive line got killed at the line of scrimmage. Offense was really bad. But, I mean, still, it was only 849 remaining in the half, and, and it was 0-0. Zero, zero. So it wasn't like the Packers ran away and hid. Um, a lot of rough field position for the Packers, you know, because I thought Ryan, their punter for Seattle, had a big game. Um, at the end of the first half, there was a long catch by Baldwin and a pretty long run by Wilson. Gave Seattle a spark at the end of the half. But, you know, it took some shots in the end zone, but ended up with a field goal at least. So at the half, and despite doing nothing, Seattle's up 3 nothing. I mean... Um, but again, Green Bay's D, I just keep going back to Daniels, Perry as well, consistent pressure, you know, it, it was a, a 10-39, I have a note here in the third quarter, Daniel just whips Jokel, sacks Wilson, causes a fumble, Green Bay ball, great field position, Montgomery immediately scores, go up 7 nothing. you know, like, it was only so much Seattle could do, because there just wasn't any blocking. Wilson's running for his life. I thought he still made enough plays to, to get Seattle down near the goal line, but couldn't get in on that next drive, 7-6. So it's still a game, even though it seems like Green Bay's the much better team. Um, another big play here, though, and it looked like Seattle was wearing down on defense, too. I mean, early in the season, hasn't played a lot of snaps. Offense isn't help, helping them uh, in typical Rodgers fashion as Seattle's trying to get their 12th guy off the field. Snaps the ball, flag comes out, take a risk, hits Jordy, bust free for a touchdown, 14-6, and then it's no looking back time. You know, I mean, that was huge. 
Uh, early in the fourth quarter, the, the Packers O's started to pick up tempo and really get some rhythm where I saw Seattle was wearing down. Montgomery started to find consistent success. Um, you know, it was just bound to happen. I mean, you can only ask so much from the defense. It started to dominate the time possession. It was really starting to pay off. You know, they ended that, that drive there with a 17-6 lead, eight minutes left. Um, Seattle did respond right back with a field goal, only down eight. But this was a, a, a tough, tough task, you not know, being able to block Daniels in this line. Um, I think Green Bay's defense has a chance to be better than I thought. I'm worried uh, Seattle's O-line is as awful as it's been. They needed to be run-of-the-mill. It, it really wasn't. Um, but I'm still really high on Seattle. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. All right, the Sunday nighter was the Giants at Dallas. Whew, I mean, again, some themes here. Seattle, Houston, Cincinnati, Giants. Offense is not good enough. Defense can't do enough. Poor blocking from every which way you look. But I thought Dallas's defense played very disciplined, very fast. I love seeing Jalen Smith next to Sean Lee. I thought those two were really good, especially Lee, but this is first game for Smith. Secondary played well. Um, they got some pressure on Eli, who didn't play well. Clearly not having Odell was a big, big deal for the Giants. Um, Ingram and Shepard were fine, but not featured players, not difference makers, very little in the running game. Brandon Marshall... I thought he might have a big year, and I know it's early, and it'll sure help whenever uh, Odell is back, but he was non-existent, and if it wasn't for a catch with seven seconds left in the game, it didn't matter at all, and why weren't they throwing Hail Marys anyways? It had been the first time since his rookie year that he didn't catch a pass. I mean, I don't want to say this, but it looked like he was not disinterested, but didn't even know where to line up. I mean, like, at times looked lost. I mean, man... um, the Giants' offense was rough. I mean, real rough. Uh, Dak, early in the game, Dak hit Bryce Butler versus Apple, um, Eli Apple, uh, to get Dallas near the goal line halfway through uh, the first quarter. Um, but they had to settle for three. Dak didn't start real sharp, and so it didn't matter, though. Um, but he was really attacking the, the Giants' corners, and court, and including Jenkins versus Dez. Janoris Jenkins followed Dez for this entire game. High percentage of 11 personnel for Dallas. The Jenkins versus Dez matchup was a real good one. I guess Jenkins gets the nod. Been a couple times Dez was open, though. Dak didn't find him. Um, it was also a real good battle, especially early in the game, between the Dallas O-line and the Giants D-line. Damon Harrison, I thought, was a major problem. But defense was just on the field too much, man. I mean, they were on there the entire first half, and eventually they started to wear down. I mean, that Dallas O-line, and I thought Elliott looked great. I thought Elliott was really, really good in this game. Uh, burst, aggression, speed, power, everything. Um, Dallas kept winning the field goal position, you know, uh, time of possession, 
Uh, way too much asked of the Giants defense, you know, and this was a theme. Same thing with Seattle. Um, mentioned that Jenkins Bryant battle. I thought Jenkins got called for a pass interference call that really was undeserving. I thought it was really good defense, but that put Dallas on the 15 yard line going in you know, right away. They hit a quick hitter to Witten on, on the left sideline touchdown. Um, so you, you, it makes you wonder about the Giants. So they still unbelievably Odell reliant. You would hope less, but I still have my doubts about Eli. It's just so much harder to play against them, even when just Beckham's on the field. You know that you got to lean everything in that direction, and then you're finding mismatches in other spots as opposed to just playing straight up defense, which is exactly what Dallas wants to do. Um, and then you know the final minute or two of the half, it was a drive I thought was worth talking about too. Was Dak really orchestrated it well? Really in a hurry up mode, quick hitters, no wasting time. Gabe Bailey, who's a great kicker, a shot to get an extra field goal at the end of the half, and boom, it's 16 nothing. And it just felt like, you know, the Giants don't have anything to go, to, you know, anything going on. I mean, they didn't cross their own 35 yard line in the first half. I mean, it's awful. Um, and then the second half starts, Eli's sacked, and it's like, uh, more of the same. But I will say the offense in that drive had a nice, sustaining, long drive. Um, Took some misdirection, reverse action, used Shepard a little bit. Um, and then he takes a red zone sack and had to settle for a field goal. But they're finally on the board at least, 16-3. And at that point, I'm thinking, okay, maybe, you know, the defense got that whole halftime and that long drive to rest after playing like the whole first half. But it wasn't enough. I mean, it really wasn't. And the Giants could, can't trust their protection, not taking shots downfield. Um... I mean, I don't know what else to really say about it. I mean, another note here was um, Alf, Alfred Morris seems like he's clearly the number two behind Zeke. I didn't think he looked good at all. It made Zeke look even better when he was in the game, but no McFadden to speak of. Eli wasn't impressive. Odell was certainly missed. Um, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I mean, hopefully Odell returns or at least can get on the field and make life more difficult on the opponent. But rough. Rough for sure for the Giants. Big win for the Dallas Cowboys, no doubt. Napa it takes a lot to get excited about a bag. But most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17